Welcome to the Here's What I Do podcast with Brock and Ryan. Listen as our husbands give tips, tricks, and advice on all kinds of subjects. And here Here they they go. go. All right, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about home gadgets. Oh, I'm ready for this one. Oh, this is going to be good. This is my favorite. Things that help make our life easier, uh, add convenience. Let's preface this. I know that I'm a nerd. Like, people need to make fun of me. I get it. I know that I'm a nerd. So we can start knowing that off the bat. Uh, I don't have any sort of IT background or anything like that. I just absolutely love it. Uh, we work together doing media type stuff, but um, other than that, I don't, I don't think you do either. You never worked in any sort of an IT field. Not IT, no. Uh, but we've all we've both been technologists, for lack of a better term. We've followed Steve Jobs like a cult. Uh, I love Elon Musk. You know all these guys that are pushing technology forward. Uh, and that's m- mostly what a lot of our conversations are about. So. We have implemented some of these techs into our house. Uh, if you want to start, you can go kind of explain some of the stuff you have. I have a smart home stuff set up, so we can go over that. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the a lot of the gadgets and stuff I have, and I think would help. Some people may not know they even exist. Like, oh, where'd you find that? Or oh, where'd you get this? But it's things that just make life easier, and especially if you've got kids or. You have multiple devices and all kinds of stuff. There's some gadgets that help you either control it or to charge them or whatever, things like that, which, again, you know, some people may not know they exist, didn't know where we got it from, or, oh, I never heard of that, or that's really cool. So, for one thing, I remember when we first moved in, we put all of our media stuff in the closet behind my fireplace, the cable box, the DVD player, the Apple TV the uh, surround sound amp, all of that stuff is in behind it, out of sight, out of mind. It's very clean installed. So all you see is just the TV on the wall and the surround sound speakers. The problem was I had no way of controlling the cable box because... Now, this was how many years ago? Ten years ago. Ten years ago. So ten years technology ago. is a little different then. Ten years now. ago, yes. However, I'm still using the exact same technology for... Controlling all of that right. for the last. Well, my years. point in asking that now is like Comcast and Xfinity or whatever you want to call it, they all have RF remotes now and stuff like that, which true. they didn't have when you were trying to solve this problem. Right, but this true, true. I, mean, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So what my solution was was there was a item called uh, an RF, not so much an extender, it's but it ear, would right? it would turn an infrared remote into an RF remote. Right. right. So. You it, and it's a little battery adapter. It, it's a separate battery. It's from Next Gen. It looks like a little alien spaceship. I plugged it in into the media room, and you put the battery in your remote. And now I can be anywhere in the house and hit the and the remote will work. It, it's crazy cool how the how it works. And so that's what we use to control the cable box, even though you can't see the cable box. I also have multiple USB charging outlets, like straight up just outlets in the wall with have USB adapters plugged into them because, I mean, we have, I don't know how many devices. That's huge. That take USB, your Apple Watch, your phone, your your tablets, It's not everything. If not twice a week, the kid digging through a drawer, where's my charger block? I can't find my charger block. So we're doing the same thing, starting to put out some USB Right. Now we've got multiple blocks, which are never get used because I've got so many USB outlets. There's at least four in the kitchen. Um, and I bought a surge protector, which plugs into the outlet. It turns two outlets into five, has three USB 
outlet ports on it and one USB-C outlet port on it. So I can super fast charge my phone if I need to, charge my watch, plug in everything else. And I got it on Amazon. It's super cool. Uh, you helped me put in a timer on my hot water yeah. heater because, to me, I was like, why am I heating water yeah. 24-7? Well, that's, that's part of the goal, too, right? So we're implementing technology not just for convenience but also to save money. You know, that, that's the whole point. Yeah, I mean, you could say it for saving. I'm doing it for saving money. Some yeah. people are like, oh, I'm doing it to save the environment and use less yeah, electricity. whatever. Fine, whatever yeah, works uh, for you. For yeah. money for me. But. So <laughs> I would have it cut on at 5 a.m., yeah. And so the water's hot when you get up. If Stacy takes a shower, boom, she's good. It cuts off at 9 a.m., so it's not on all during the day when nobody's here. It cuts back on at 4 o'clock in the afternoon yep. and stays on till midnight. Yeah, or, that, you can't believe how many houses that when I was working for that general contractor we would go into, and they, that's what they'd be having us do because they, they don't do that normally for just a builder to have it. It's just an on-off switch. So that's a huge cost-saving uh, mechanism there for people or if you want to save the planet, whatever. Yeah, it's especially in, in the life of your water heater. True, true, yeah. Because and we don't have gas. Like there's right. no gas lines run into my neighborhood, so I can't get one of those instant hot water right, right. hot water heaters. That wasn't an option. Yeah, you can do an electric one, but they pull so much power it's it's it not defeats worth it the defeats the purpose. Um, we have a simply safe security system, super cheap monitoring. I mean, I put it I installed the thing in literally ten minutes. Yeah. And that longest part of that ten minutes was Stacy telling me how to center the keypad <laughs> by the by the switch on the front door. Um, we have multiple external batteries for the kids for their devices, uh, for their tablets and phones and things like that. I have a solar one, so like when we go to the beach, yep, yep. Uh, so we can charge our phones or whatever at the beach or the speakers that we use, yep. which is super great when there's a hurricane and yep. we got no power. Or I'm leery of plugging in electronic devices into the generator yeah. while that's going. Mm-hmm. So that's helpful. I have a cell phone booster from T-Mobile because I have T-Mobile cell service. For some reason or another, I don't get a good signal in my house, and they got tired of hearing me calling complaints, so they sent me a they're, booster. They're actually really good about that because I know nice. quite a few people that if you call and can show that you have a reduction of service in your house, they'll be happy to send you one for free. And T-Mobile's great. Like, oh, you've been a customer for so many years, and I'm not yeah. one of the prepaid customers. Right, I'm, right. A, I'm, <laughs> a, you know, I'm a good customer. And they, so they're like, oh yeah, here, take it, you know, what? And then it quit working and Different they sent me another one. Customers, <laughs> yes. I, you know, good and well, that's how they look at it. Like, oh, this is a, you know, this person pays their bill on time. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, sure, Mr. Tibbs, whatever, yeah. we need to help you out. Um, and now I also got a Wi Fi extender, which I got that for when we were having to do virtual school, which it worked great for about a month and then it stopped working. Yeah. So. I'm back to trying to deal with that. Yeah, which is funny because my in-laws have the same one. They're having the same problems that you had before it stopped working. It was connectivity issues or it would connect to the extender but wouldn't get you to the internet, things like that. Uh, They're having the same problems now. So it seems to be kind of a common thing. Um, For myself, I went – I wanted to go full smart home. I saw that movie in pre-2000s, the Disney Channel smart home where the home comes alive and takes over his mom. Uh, and I loved all the gadgets that were in that and everything that could do to simplify life and make things easier. Uh, my, for me, my goal was convenience and cost savings or, and, and like monthly electric savings really is what it comes down to. But I know with Jen, it can't be overcomplicated. And especially now with the kids being older, there, there needs to be also manual interaction with everything that I put in as far as smart homes concerned. So, um, I went a little bit more complicated on the front end. I have a little Mac Mini that runs as a server. It runs a piece of software called Indigo. 
um, and I use the uh, Insteon interface. So all my switches are Insteon. I have sensors all around the house that are actually Z-Wave. Um, so I use all that in conjunction with our phones and HomeKit because it will actually interface with HomeKit to be able to control different things when we're there, when we're not there. You know, when we leave, all the lights shut off, make sure the TV's turned off because the kids are forever leaving the TV on. Um, and it knows if, both, if one phone is there, the other one is not, it doesn't do anything. If both phones leave, then it knows to do things. So it's been, it's been cool. Um, there has been cost savings there in the month. I, I wouldn't say that it's much. I would say the biggest cost savings I got was when I switched everything out to LED. Uh, I saw a, a absolute $20, $25 a month difference when I went from all incandescent to all LED. Uh, but I also did that about the same time that I put all this automatic light shutting off thing going on. Uh, Jen has actually really fallen in love with it now because it's all run through HomeKit. We have a HomePod and, you know, nighttime today, hey Siri, it's kid's bedtime and boom, you know, the ACs make it colder. Uh, all the lights go dim upstairs, you know, everything gets situated, the doors lock, everything's ready. And so things like that, she's really started to like, or like in the morning we do a, you know, it's time to wake the kids up scene and play some music, kind of wakes the kids up a little bit more gently. They get up, they know their routine now. They get up, they put their uniforms on, they come downstairs and they immediately ask for breakfast. So uh, there's some things like that that have been convenience things that Jen kind of pushed against at first because she's like, oh, this going to be so complicated. I'm not going to be able to know how to do it. Uh, what if it breaks? And we've had those challenges too. Um, we don't have a security system right now, uh, kind of. We don't have a monitored security system. So I do have it set up where if you know both of our phones aren't there and the sensors note a door opening or motion somewhere or whatever, that it will alert us with a text message. But it's not being monitored by any outside right, thing. Right. It's just for me, I see text messages, I pop on, look at the cameras, say, okay, yeah, there's just a leaf blowing or something. Which, side note, to be monitored, in, at least in Palm Beach County, I, I have to get a permit every yes. year. It's like a yep. $25 permit with the sheriff's office. Yeah, which is funny because now that with the E911 and all that stuff, you can actually text 911. So ah. my question to them, and nobody's been able to answer it, is why can't my home, instead of texting me, just text 911 and say, hey, I think someone's breaking into my house. And they'll send a cop out to do a wellness check. Right, right. You get two false alarms, which right. the only issue I've had with Simply Safe was one time the adhesive for one of the sensors, no, the battery died. Okay. So when the battery died, it alerted the uh, hub that the sensor you know, was yeah. disengaged, thus thinking that somebody was breaking in. I get a call while I'm at school. Hey, there's been a, you know, right. you have an alarm going off at your house that says it's an entry sensor. I think somebody's breaking in. I come to the house to my neighbor who's pulled yeah, up in the yard. you've never had a false alarm. Never had a false alarm. Yeah. I pull up. The cop's in the yard. My neighbor's in the yard with a gun. I'm thinking, oh dear God, somebody, like, <laughs> what? what's going on? But the cop's like, hey, I don't see any, nothing happened. Yeah. You know, like, my neighbor was there. He was like, hey, I didn't see anybody. So was there a siren going? Like, they could hear it? How did your neighbor know? Uh, he saw, I think I called them or may have texted them or he saw the cops one whipping into the neighbor and into my driveway. Um, but, and when come to, so once I did a diagnostic on the the system, it told me which entry sensor had tripped and I looked and the battery had died. So one, and the batteries last for like three years. So after I changed the battery, I've not had a single issue with anything. I mean, it works great. And what's helpful is that it's cellular-based and not landline-based because I only know of, like, two people that have a landline. My parents are one, and I think I have an aunt that has another one. But it's all cell-based, yeah. and it was – and it's T-Mobile-based, so it's it's super helpful. It just – So what's your monthly for that? 
Fourteen dollars a month. Yeah, you can't beat that. To, for monitor. So one service. of the things that I love about the way that I set up my server with Indigo is it's there's a huge community around the Indigo software. So somebody actually built a plugin for Simply Safe, and so this is what I was looking at. So I can have the same hub, and because you have a web interface and there's an API there, mm-hmm. somebody built a, a thing to interact with that. So the same door sensors, all that sort of stuff, it can actually monitor all that stuff as well for smart home things and trigger different scenes and do stuff like that. And, and that's one of the reasons I went that route. I didn't know if I wanted to go Siri, Google, Alexa. You know, we have the, um, the Ecobee thermostats. We have upstairs, downstairs, AC. They all have Alexa in them. And so I wasn't sure which route I wanted to go. And actually, I can technically go both uh, with the software because I can, I can use a plug-in for, for both of them. So for me, that was kind of the cool thing about setting it up. Obviously, a little bit more complicated than most, but setting up the server and then having that flexibility to go whichever direction I want to go. You know, Inseon has hit some bumps lately with uh, manufacturing, I think, because they get a lot of stuff from China. Uh, they've been out of stock for six months on every switch or any sort of control module they have. So there's been question of whether they're going to go under. The great thing for me is it doesn't really matter. You know, I can just replace it all with Z-Wave or Zigbee or whatever new technology comes out after that that will interface with my server. I think for people like us doing stuff like that, it's fun, it's interesting, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. I think for the general person right, right. who's like, oh, I want to do a smart home, mm-hmm. it's got to be super simple. And yeah. I don't think the there's not like one or two definite standards like, there's oh, well, yet. there's this or no. there's that or this. People started, but then they went out of business. Right. So there's a Kickstarter. Most people don't even know what a Kickstarter is. Right. So there's a lot of things short of putting in a deadbolt lock with the keypad on it. Right. Like some people, that's like, oh, it's as smart homie as I want to get. Exactly. Okay, fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, until and those are super convenient. Yeah, which you know? I plan on putting one in this year. Like, yeah. I, I like that. I like, like it, we did know. a Z-Wave lock that interfaces with our phone. So I, I think a lot of it comes down <clears throat> to what infrastructure you already have. So if you're already Apple based, you're crazy if you don't buy all HomeKit enabled products. You know, it doesn't matter what they are. They're super easy to set up, and they interface directly with Siri. You can set up scenes. You can do everything. You could probably accomplish everything I've accomplished with the server by just buying HomeKit type stuff. Um, with your Android, obviously, you don't have that option. So maybe uh, OK Google based or, or Google Alexa Home or, or whatever yeah. or Alexa stuff is would be easier to work with. You know, I, I think it all has to, you have to look at what you have. For me, I didn't want to go out and buy a whole new infrastructure. Everything we have is Apple. We use Apple TV. We all have Apple, Apple laptops, iPads, phones. It was just easier to do that. You know, and one of the stupidest things that I have in there that is so easy that I absolutely love is when I sit on my couch and I look at my TV right behind me is my four-year light and it always puts a glare on the TV and to be able to take my watch and just say turn off the four-year light and that thing shuts off I don't have to actually get up <laughs> I absolutely love it it's simple it's dumb it's absolutely lazy I admit it 100% but I love it that was the first switch I put in because that light bugs the snot out of me and we have one light in our house that is not controlled by Siri and that is a light that Jen is forever turning on. Every wakes up Which first thing light? in the morning, turns it on. We're right, right outside the bathroom, the half bath downstairs. That light, I don't have a smart switch on. She is always turning it on. Doesn't matter what it is. First thing she did this morning, she wakes up. It's bright as can be outside. Every window in the house up, turns that light on. I'm like, are you doing this just to bug me? Like, what? Is, it's the one light I can't control. <laughs> she knows that. She does. She does. Yeah, she know. knows. It's it. intentional. So yeah, I, I wanna I wanna put in a smart lock. Yeah. And I wanna switch to either a nest or an ecobee thermostat. Yeah. But where my thermostat is, it's on that side hallway. So yeah. it doesn't see a whole lot of traffic. 
So right. I'm going to have to put sensors. Yeah. Which Nest now does the sensors. So one of the reasons I went with Ecobee was because they were the first ones that had the remote sensors. Because I was the same way. I didn't want, especially upstairs, my hallway uh, thermostat is higher than the kid's head. So they'd be up there playing it. and it thinks it's away. So I could take sensors, put them in each three rooms, and then as they're playing, I'm thinking it knows exactly where there's activity and where there's not. Yeah, I would like to do that. But Nest does that too now. Because I have like a program in my current thermostat, like at this time, go to this temperature or whatever. Well, it's forever flashing override because somebody (laughs) Somebody. somebody in the house, some unnamed person (laughs) keeps changing the temperature. So it's constantly overriding the program, which defeats the purpose. Um, what's and the cool thing about Nest, from again, I don't have a Nest, but from what people that have it say, is it learns. So if you do constant overrides, and it goes, wait a minute, well, why am I trying to put you in a way if you're constantly telling me that you're home and you want it colder? And it'll start to adjust learn. your schedule. And Ecobee does a similar thing. It'll start recommending schedules and do stuff like that, which is pretty neat you know, to, to be able to do that. Now, with my schedule, with the one on, two off uh, the fire department, it makes it really challenging because the thing can't figure out, wait a minute, this is a weekday, but you're home. You know what's happening, so it doesn't quite pick up on everything. But um, you know, for the most part, I think they're good. getting there. And I don't know. And like I know for us with FPNL, which yeah. we both have FPNL, and I don't know if you subscribe to this or not. Like I have the on-call service mm-hmm. with FPNL, mm-hmm. and I have it set to the max with my air conditioning unit. Okay, like you could do AC or hot water heater. Okay. So I chose AC. Uh, and so between and you get a discount, right? You do from May to October. I think it's eleven dollars every month they take off of your okay. power bill, even if they're not even using it. Okay. But I'm giving them the option to if the grid is overloaded or whatever, yeah. I'm one of the first ones they're gonna shut off gotcha. if they have to. And they'll shut just that appliance off. Just the AC. Now, in the nine years, ten years I've had it, it's not once been used. Right. But I get that. That's credit what most people say every month. Yeah. And I know other power companies are doing that. Like I, you know, other yeah. especially like I feel bad for the people in Texas that are doing this cold, yeah. the cold. So I mean, it's uh, between the power grid and fortunately with Florida and FPNL, like switched over a lot to solar. Yep. I mean, yeah, a ton. They, their solar infrastructure is huge. Yeah, and I mean. Like and people are griping like, oh well, Texas got snow on the solar panels. Well, we don't have that problem down here. Right, right, so, I mean, right. you know, as long as the sun's shining, it doesn't have to be hot. It's right. not a heat panel; it's a solar panel. Right. As long as the sun's shining, we're we're it pretty. It actually safe. works better if it's cool. Yeah. So it, I'm not I'm not too concerned about that for us yeah. in South Florida. Now I know somebody listening to this may be you know living in Ohio and may not have that option. Yeah. But I know a lot of power companies are starting to offer the similar mm-hmm. on-call thing. Hey, we'll give you a credit. Yeah. Did you give us the Right to shut something off if we need it. Well, the other thing they're doing too is if you have a smart thermostat, I know Ecobee just put it out, they'll partner with your electric company. And I don't think FPNL is one of the partners, but uh, they'll yeah. they'll actually be able to say, you know, during peak hours, they'll uh, raise your temperature. And so they not necessarily shut it off, but instead of you cooling your house to 70, they'll adjust you to 75 during peak hours. And you give them the right to do that. And similar thing, you're getting credits on their bills. I mean, that, that's better than them shutting it off you're right. entirely. Right. I would rather be it doesn't get humid. 75 as opposed to 88. Right. I mean, it, right. it just depends. Yeah, so we're, we're, you know, we're slowly working through. Unfortunately for me, because I kind of went the more complicated route, I miss out on some of the cool, like, cutting-edge things there with, like, the hue lights and stuff like that. I, I can't interact with those. I did put hue strips under my kitchen cabinets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I kind of hacked them, and I took the Hue controller out of the mix, and I used just the strips 
and then bought a Z-Wave controller that I, I tied those into so they could tie into my server. But then I get the same quality of LED light that Hue produces, which is actually a really good strip. That's with, cool. They, what's cool about them is they have two different whites in it. So they do a warm white and a cold white, or cool white. Uh, yeah. So you can really dial in the color. I like the cool white, and I think we've switched almost every light in this house yep. over to cool white. Uh, there's a few that are still soft white, yeah. that yellowish light. We, we, we're at like the uh, 3200, I think, or 33,000K. I think all of mine are five. All, oh, uh, all of mine, blue. yeah, we went straight almost to a bluish, almost too, right. too much, but it's like a daylight. Yeah. Like, I think the colors look better. Um, it's, a, it's a little bright in the evenings. Like, you're like, oh, man, it's so bright. But yeah. it's like we get dimmers on the lights, so it's not too bad. Um, anything else you got before we wrap this thing up? Um, no, we do, we don't, for hurricanes and stuff like that, we are in Florida. Um, I am a firefighter, so uh, last hurricane I was gone for five days straight, so it makes it a little bit more challenging with the family. Uh, so we have a whole house generator. That's one thing that, that we do. Uh, there's some tech associated there with monitoring that. It self-starts every week, make sure it runs good. Uh, some things like that that, that we put in. Uh, we just did our camera install, so that's been a long time coming. Uh, that was fun running Cat 5, or actually Cat 6, all through the house. Uh, and I just finished my, my equipment rack. So I converted over to all Ubiquiti products. Uh, I'm using the Ubiquiti Wi-Fi, which is phenomenal. No range extender needed. The, the range on these things are amazing. Uh, and I was able to put it dead center in my house on the second floor. that just kind of broadcasts everywhere. You can get all the way to the front road, all the way to the lake in the back. And it's oh, awesome. that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's great. So I'm very happy with their products. Uh, if if you're going to do anything, I could I would recommend Ubiquity products. They're actually really uh, cost effective. We just put in their hardware firewall and are setting up some content filters for the kids and things like that to make sure that uh, everyone's safe online and and you know able to enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, I know. Like we don't have a whole house generator. We just have a generator. Yeah. Which uh, you can do you run. Back feed? No. You don't. No. Like I'll just fire it up in the backyard and, and run, run extension, yeah, cords, extension cords running everywhere. Um, and cycle because I have two refrigerators and a deep freezer. So we'll yeah, yeah. run, plug one fridge in for a while, then plug the other one in, then plug the fridge in, you know, cycle around on that. Or um, just we, come hang out with us. Yeah, or, <laughs> or I'm coming to your house. Um, but, you know, like we have uh, solar radio, yeah. uh, solar chargers, uh, things like that to keep yeah. creature comforts. So or have a portable you know, AC unit. The thing we've seen too, and I think, you know, short of us having a major hurricane, you know, another hurricane injury coming through, or uh, what was it, Michael that hit the Panhandle? Um, the the cell infrastructure now is so robust. You know, they they put in redundant systems. They have generators in every tower, and you know they they're able to keep that up and running all through storm. I think you know the last few storms that we've had. I don't I don't think I've lost anything for my cell phone. I've watched the news. I can browse the internet. Yeah, my cell phone signal's do. not gone down. So it's pretty amazing uh, that they're able to keep that up and running. And I didn't realize it until we got a generator. But really, cable doesn't go out either. You know, we think, oh, okay, there's nothing on TV. You know, the TV's not working. Can't watch news. Can't see what's happening. Well, the reason you can't is because the power's out. <laughs> well, now that we have had that, we're realizing that the cable stays on the whole time too because it's all buried underground. So, well, the one we had a few years ago, I can't remember the name of it, but it took out all the trees just east of here, which took out all the power and cable. Right, so right. we were two or three days without electricity yeah. because the neighborhood south of here, right. I, all, all their trees were in Lantana. Right. So, I mean, it, it, along with all the power lines, even though we have underground service, right. the, the main, main cable coming in. feeding our neighborhood was down. And I, So I would think that, because you have a Publix right here, don't you? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's across the street. It's, yeah, it's all so across the corner. So it might be a separate corner. grid. So we're directly behind the Publix by us. 
So as soon as public gets power back on, we get power back on. Nice. So yeah. it works out really well. We're not on a uh, section with any you know, yeah. grocery stores. And I remember when I was a kid growing up, we lived over off of Lantana, and there was a hospital right there. So, I mean, if power went out during a hurricane, it was back up the next day. Like, there was no... Uh, gotta get that hospital yeah, back on. Gotta get that hospital up and running. <laughs> All right, so here's what I would do. Um, I would forget the Wi-Fi extender. It's yeah. a piece of junk. Yeah, buy a good Wi-Fi. I, buy a good... A Nighthawk is a great Buy Wi-Fi. a good Wi-Fi router. Forget the extender. And if you haven't already, swap out some of the outlets in your houses with USB outlets. Mm-hmm. You don't have to lose the three-prong plugs, yeah. but they also make them which have two and three USB outlet ports on them. It saves you a ton of hassle because you can always find the charging cable. Yeah, lots exactly. of times, which And the outlets will charge it way faster than yeah. using that little five-watt block that came with your phone. Yep. So that, that's my suggestion. Yeah, and if you want to get into the smart home stuff, uh, it's super easy now. Uh, you can put all sorts of plug-in modules to control things remotely and, uh, and make your life a little bit more convenient. Uh, even if you just want to do it to save the planet and save some money on your electric bill that automatically shuts lights off for you, uh, it, it's well worth it. We, we, love the, we love the convenience of it. All right. There you go. There you have it. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Here's What I Do podcast. If you'd like to comment or request a topic, simply send an email to whatiwoulddopodcast at gmail.com.